This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. We are on episode five of the season. Um, oh, I've been really looking forward to doing this podcast. I was trying to think um, of a time when it would be as positive as I assume that this podcast will be. Um, and it, it took me back to uh, when we beat Reading. I don't know if you remember, lads, when we beat Reading at home and we were buzzing after that. I thought we thought we were going to win the league. Um, a couple of wins to that. So um, looking forward to recording. Who have we got on today? Welcome back, Jack. Good evening, lads. Pleasure to be back on. It's a good couple of results, so we've got a lot of good stuff to get through. How are you? Good? Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, yeah, can't complain, mate. Yourself? Yes, very good. Dunk, welcome back, mate. Ever present? Hello, mate. That's me, Mr. Consistency. Always here, always deliver. <laughs> you're like, what, you're like, um, like, who's like a six out of ten? Seven out of ten, he just always turns up. And oh, oh, Sam Field, call me Sam Field. He's definitely got that at the moment. Just a consistent. <laughs> I'll have to up my game tonight, then, am I? Bidwell, what about Bidwell? Is it, I don't know why he came to mind. No, I'm not having that. No, I'm not having that. And uh, Bradley, how are you, mate? All right, boys. Good to be back on and see your faces again. And what a time to be a keep your fan again. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> You good, mate? Let's ride, ride that wave. Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Bit tired, done a bit of housework today, and it all went peaked oh. on. We're gone from that. Trying to fix a bathroom or something. They're trying to put a shower in, but yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, where do we start? Where do we start? Three wins, two away wins, being top of the league. What we fourth in the league? If we win on Friday, we go joint top. Lots to be positive about. So let's 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 talk about Bristol City then. Um, we were there. Great performance. Great first half. Game of two halves, really, wasn't it? Um, Doug, you were there, mate. What, what, were you, what was your views? Um, well, like like you said, it was massively a game of two halves. Um, bar the first 
like five, ten minutes of the first half where I thought Bristol City did start the game quite well. Um, first half, like as soon as we kind of got into our rhythm, we completely bossed it. And like we were all at half time, like the atmosphere was fantastic. We thought we should have been three, four nil up. And we, the game realistically, it should have been, and it should have been dead and buried. But unfortunately, we're QPR. We do we up to it the hard way. And we all knew as soon as that came out second half, that next goal was going to be vital. Bristol City got it and it just became a little bit edgy for a period. And then I think actually Beal got his sub spot on and he closed the game out really well. And the team closed the game out really well. Pac, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I, I was able to stream the game via work and um, I thought first half we were, that was probably the best I've seen us play in a you know, small period this season. I mean, we'd gone 10 games without a win at Ashton Gate in all competitions. And now we've won our last three. It's the first time we've won three in a row at Ashton Gate. So that's become a bit of a happy hunting ground for QPR. And, you know, from a real like data point of view, it was our highest expected goals total in a single game this season. So it just shows how much of a threat, how much we created. And as Dunk points out, mostly in the first half. You felt in the second half there were chances. If we, when we strung a couple of passes together and went back at them, we almost got in again and scored. I mean, there's a couple of nervy moments for them at the back, but overall, really impressed. And, you know, again, I'm, you know, falling in love a bit with Kenneth Powell, the Dutchie on the left hand side oh, as they're singing. Join the club, mate. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's third assist of the season, you know, and it's, which was two more than our left backs last season, Wallace and McCann. Well, oh, sorry. So let me explain that again. Powell got his third assist. Our left-backs combined last season, Wallace and McCallum, only got two in 38 games combined. So it just shows you how much of an impact he's having to have more assists than both of them last season combined. Um, he's a real threat, but he's also really strong in the tackle. Gets He's pretty good in the air for, for a short guy. And, you know, he's really impressing me. And then obviously Johansson, five goal involvements in his last six games, which is as many as his previous 40 games combined. So... He's looking the Johansson that we had on loan, you know, from a few seasons ago. So he's looking really good. And the fact that he was rested and we still, you know, so get onto that, but we still won at Sheffield United is it bodes well, you know, at least we've got him to come back raring to go. So yeah, Bristol City, I thought it was a really encouraging result. And I thought we held out quite well overall. And actually, I didn't think they really threatened that much in the last 20 minutes anyway, after well scored. Yeah, you could have put, you could have put your money on well scoring though, couldn't you? Should be an own goal, that. I'll tell you, that was going wide. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because we started the game really, really slow and sloppy and 10 minutes. And then Dieng did that great save, didn't he, off that header. And literally, as soon as that happened, you just felt the game just completely switch. And from that moment until the, the half-time whistle, like, like Doug said, we should have been about four, five, six nil up, really. We had so many chances. Um, like Roberts was through on goal, when he chair was through on goal. They should have both been slotted, really. Um, there was a chance for a corner as well. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they came back up. What was, what, what, when I was watching it, what I thought was, I thought that um, Pearson kind of, for Bristol City anyway, he, he made all those subs and he kind of ruined Bristol City after that. That was sort of the 20-minute mark. He brought on, they had like four strikers on the pitch and he made, took a centre-half off and he took a midfielder off. And that, and I just feel like that just played into our hands. And from there on, last 10 minutes, we, we looked like the only team that were going to score. One shot on target the second half, Bristol City. So we again, the, the way he's organising the defence, the way we're sort of going in at that low block, keeping quite narrow, asking the teams to go out wide and try and beat us around the wings. 
really organized the shapes the shape is amazing defensive shape we've got is really impressive well, I think... and also like you've got to give a shout out to um balligan and um clark solar literally like they were putting their bodies on the line blocking everything i'm like balligan just seems like an absolute rolls royce of a defender and i can't believe rangers let him go he's been brilliant for us hasn't he ever since he's joined i mean it's the opposite to sheffield united we started well at Bristol City, and we didn't start as well for Sheffield United, but the second half we come out and the first 10, 15 minutes, we were brilliant. So it was good for Roberts to get on the, the score sheet, obviously, and hopefully that kicks his se season off. Just trying to keep him fit is the main thing. But yeah, our defence, I mean, that's... Am I mad to say it's the best, one of the best defence we've had for a while? Brad, I've got you, you this, this was it. I had thought this earlier, right? So I've got a little finger <laughs> pairs. I was going to do it later, but because you've said that, Right, so I've been reflecting on this defence and to me it feels like a ridiculous defence, doesn't it? Like, you just look at it and you go, that is like, you know, Kenneth Powell and, and um, Ethan Laird full-backs you've got. Then you've got the four centre-halves who, who Jimmy Dunn was just oh, ridiculous the other night. Um, you've, you've then got Dickie who needs to step up, doesn't he, a little bit, really. He's going to have to... And then you've got Balligan and Salter. And I was looking at the um, 2010 promotion team defence... And I was comparing and thinking, it's early days, isn't it? We've got to get ahead of ourselves a little bit with this defence. But I was looking at the names thinking, let me read you, let me read you the, the defence there. We had Paddy Kenny, Paddy Kenny in goal. Dieng as well was part of that defence, by the way, like ridiculous. We had Paddy Kenny, Bradley Orr. We had Walker, Carl Walker, Clint Hill. We had um, Peter Ravage. We had Connolly. We had Casper um, Gorks and Fitz Hall. That was your defence then. So what I want you to do is pick a defence out of that. All of those players, your your defence. I'd ask the question, are we getting ahead of ourselves? Is this defence the real so you deal? Got, you're saying pick a defence out of what you just mentioned all combined? Yeah. Well, how, however brilliant Laird's been, you've got to have a Carl Walker as right back. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Um, Laird gives you massive Carl Walker vibes, though. It's always yeah. like a mirror, like a mirror image, like a mirror signing. Like, it... but yeah, I have to go, Brad. Carl Walker. I definitely it. go Clark Salter and Clint Hill. Oh, oh, I don't know, but I just think that's a you can't have Balligan and Hill because that's not the. I just feel like that would work. I don't know, but you ain't conceding with Balligan and Hill, are you? Literally, no, they're going to die for that clean sheet. The biggest, the biggest question is. Paddy Kenny or Diang, because Paddy Kenny was brilliant. Diang is is blinding. I'm having Kenny Powell left back. I just, I just, I just yeah. love him, mate. I don't know how he's like five foot. I don't know, and he's just you wouldn't even know, would you? He just he's, wins he's so been many been unbelievable. Well, I, I would go Kenny purely because he holds the record for clean sheets in a single season by a QPR keeper in that year. Oh, in the here 20s. He comes with his stats. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to back it up, and I he was something. <laughs> Um, but Dieng, you know, assuming his thighs can hold together, he's 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 up there, isn't he? He's up there, and he looks like an all rounder. You know, he's great from crosses. But so you going centre backs? And did you? It, I, I would fancy ours now than I do twenty ten eleven Gorks. I know, but you've got, you've got to have a Clint Ewing. You've got to have a Clint. He Ewing. played left back mostly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. But I just, I, yeah, I do, right. I do tend to agree with you there, Jack. That I feel like the ones we've got this season. Like just feel on paper better defenders than the 2010 one. Like, but Balligan, Fitzhall, 
like Salter, like you can't really compare because different eras, isn't it? But different style, at the minute, well. like at the minute, like the defense just looks solid. Jimmy Dunn as well. Like I thought he was really unlucky with the Bristol City game to be left out, but coming back like the way he did against uh, Sheffield United, oh, like. I don't know who he, like Bill's got a massive headache of if he either sticks with a two, which two is he picking, or is but, he going to go to a back three? Interesting. Obviously, we for Bill, he's got 15, 16 players knocking at his door, right? Who who should be picked for the first eleven? He, he has, you know, he's got such a good bunch to pick from. But listening to him in his interview, he said training's got to go up a notch, you know, and and I like that about Bill. He's he, he's not getting too excited. He's not getting too ahead of himself. He's obviously. He knows football and he knows the championship. Anything could happen. But a, fu- a fully fit QPR team that we've got there now, cool. you'll be hard-pressed to pick the first 11 each week. Yeah, Especially yeah. if you've got your Duns, you've got your Dickie that's going to step up because he will, won't he? Dickie's going to step up now. And then you've got your, your Balogun, you've got your Clark Saltwise. It's a bunch to pick from. Uh, now, it's just to touch on Jimmy Dunn as well. Like, we've got to remember, he's playing on the wrong side. He's not yeah. left And he's, he's still, you know, he has his moments, but he looks really, he's been really solid. And, you know, I, talking about headache for Bill, I don't know how Dunn doesn't have a headache. He's got the fifth best aerial dual success rate in the league out of defenders. So he's really high up for winning his aerial battles. Number one's Rob Dickey. So he, it's surprising. Rob Dickey yeah. doesn't lose much in the air, which is, you know, what's... You, what that one's about so I wouldn't play him together he does and does he if you think about it like think about him losing the headers I don't, it's not something that I've ever noticed no the, the thing is with, with Dunn is is that the both games that when he came on at Bristol City and the Sheffield United game they were played in front of him like both games were play- and, and, and and that is perfect for him you wouldn't want anyone better balls in the box people like where you know where they're trying to come short and get it like and he comes in in behind like perfect that's what Dunn Done. He'll lap that up all day. It's when the the game gets stretched and it gets in behind him, and he got some. Wait, well, he, he did all right at Sheffield United. Someone beat him, and he he, he got back. I know. He outpaced someone, didn't he? he was it with Bernie? So, what do you like think? Do you think of Bill? It's horses for courses. I know historically, you're not really supposed to tamper with your two centre backs, are you? You're supposed to let yeah. them build a partnership and ride it through through Good thick point. and thin, like the 2011 season. But like with with what we have, naturally left sided, slightly injury prone left-sided centre-half can come in when he's fit, but then we've got three really handy right centre-backs that all can do a different job. And Balogun doesn't look 34. Like, does, you know, he the way he moves. He? He, yeah. he, he just, like, shrugs people off, doesn't he? Like, literally, he's just like, get off. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's like, a leader brilliant. as well. Did you see that little uh, clip of um, Simon in the QPR media yeah. team posted where they where they scored at Sheffield United and all the players huddled around and it's Balogun leading it, saying... Keep going, do that again. We, you know, keep going, like really kind of geeing him up. So he seems like he's quite important. I don't know if you, how you drop him at this point. No, I neither um, do I. But my my thought is, right, my that Bill really loves Salter, right? He, he mm. speaks about him in most interviews, yeah. you know. And when Chair Chair was captain, you know, fair play to him. I was happy for him. He, he deserves that. Um, so he was captain. When he went off, it went to Sorter, didn't it? I think it yeah. went to Sorter. So yeah. for me, that just goes to show when Steph's not playing or it is Sorter going to be the vice and that means he's going to be the second on the team sheet every week. He looked good at Bristol City. I he looked brilliant. Him. First he half, he was yeah. excellent. Like, yeah. excellent. I'm he did that block. When he came off, but he looked really good. So he, arguably, he's starting. I can see why. Bill do, you, do you think Willock's injury, as untimely as it is, gives Bill a bit of an option now to go to a back three? 
Yes, exactly. And what that's I was like say. it's almost yeah. perfect timing with the defense being so solid that Willock's going injured. We don't have to be as reliant on him stretching the game. We can have three centre backs, and our full backs can be wing backs and stretch the game that way. I just don't want it, us to. I kind of like us in the back four. I kind of feel like it works, and changing it might just change everything. But at the same time, when you're looking at what's available to him, if you know if your best play, you know you've got four excellent centre backs, and it frees up a bit of space for your full backs and and, and a number ten. He might, I think he'll. I think he might go to a back three. I don't know if it will be Friday, but it won't be far away. But obviously, I don't think Balogun's going to play week in, week out. Well, you know, unless I don't he know. unless he proves me otherwise. But I don't think he's going to. But also, if Dicky sits on the bench week in, week out, he, he, he in January he'd be looking to go. I think he's he, he's not going to sit on the bench. You know, he's not he's he's not he's better than that, isn't he? Let's be honest. We all know Dicky's better than a bench player. But Dunn's doing the bit, so what you know what I mean. And and Clark saw obviously his bills. Number one defender, I think, but well, I could be wrong. But I yeah, so I, th- I think you can see Dickie coming in for Balogun and Clark sort of starting against Reading. If maybe if yeah. we stick, um, as a back four, um, the alternatives if you're going to change shape or not, but if you're going to stick in the same shape, you he's got a couple of choices in he Richards obviously isn't fit yet. Um, maybe he can do a job in, a, in the coming weeks, but it's Dykes comes in and you push Roberts back, or you keep Roberts up front and you push Amos up you know in one of those four more forward roles and you keep the midfield or bring tip steph back in kind of thing so yeah he's got a lot of options which is good and this is why i think compared to the start of the season where we lost willock and we were scrapping around against blackpool and rotherham stuff like that i think maybe we're a bit more better suited the team's in a better place so maybe like we can handle it but that's the same willock's his talisman and you know if there's no willock chair has to yeah exactly I've got a question though. So Sheffield United, look at the team sheet, right? Look at the look at the bench. If Laird or Powell went off, who who have we got to cover there? We had no real cover yeah, on the bench unless we push someone out. It would be uh, a Doma at the on the that's, right. That's my only thought, Unks. But Clark started to play left back. No, maybe. I don't think he'd well. He'd, so he, he right. could move. Even um, yeah, Laird can play left, can't he? So he, he, he might move him over to the left, and, and then he's got the right. Sam Field could fit in there for like the final 20 minutes of a game if it, well, done it as well. Left Giselle's back, couldn't yeah. he? Sam Field's done played left back, hasn't he? If like push comes to shove during the game, obviously you wouldn't want to start him there. I suppose you've just come on to a great point, though, Duncan. You really we can't not talk about Sam Field, he's been different gravy, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. He does all the work you don't see, right? But you, you obviously you did at Bristol City. You, you know, we have the last couple. He stepped it up, no doubt. He's got, he stepped it up a bit. He's in good form. But he does do just the little, if you watch him, he just does the little doggy work that no one else does. Interceptions, just the little get in the way, get your body in the way kind of, which goes unnoticed. But yeah, I mean, he was excellent at Bristol City and he was excellent again on Tuesday night. Sure. Got a stat to back up the Sandfield stuff. So obviously he didn't come back into the side until mid-November last season, right? But ever since he's been ever present, he's he's made the most tackles of any player in the championship since last November. So he really is, as you say, doing the doggy work, you know, intercepting the ball, really industrious, probably one of the best defensive mids we've had since Derry, and someone we've really needed. It was 
it was interest, interesting to see him try the box-to-box role at the start of the season, but screening the defence, that's his bread and butter, and he's the one of the best in the league. Got to keep him there, in my opinion. I understand what Bill was trying to do. He's trying to put you had to the quarterback kind of bring a ball here there, there without with you had to not being informed in a further forward position. Uh, but I also think that Fields' form has kind of left him in a bit of a in a, because I think that that's his natural position, isn't it? The, the, the number the number six sort of role, Tim. So I don't know whether he when he does come in, that's where he'll come in. But you, know, you can't drop Field at the moment, can you? Absolutely not. No, no, not at all. So, qu- quickly then, so you've got Doug, pick your defence quick between the two two teams. Um, Walker, right back, Powell, left back. And just because you won't get through them, Clint Hill and Balogun, centre backs. Who's in goal? I'm going to go against that, so I'm going to go for Seddy. <laughs> Mine's pretty much the same as Dunks to be honest, apart from I'd just switch out Balligan and put Clark Sorter in there with Hill, with Powell, Led and Kenny. I, I feel a bit harsh on Diang, but Paddy you're Kenny. You're playing Led. You're not you're not picking Walker. No, sorry, Walker, sorry. Right. He was he was excellent in that year. But like there's a few people that sort of said like Laird reminds them a bit of Carl Walker does and sort of the impact the level above what we had and just championship level he just looks quite special than Ethan Laird so but that said Carl Walker for me right back Kenneth Powell left back I'm going Casper Gorks left side of centre half because he was the left footer and he's pretty good in the air I don't remember him losing many headers a lot of head bandages over the years Casper Gorks from where he got a few as well didn't he yeah, I was going to say he was always a good liver tip for first goal scorer. <laughs> oh yeah, but the the right the right side is centre half. My God, um, not Connolly, not Fitzhall, not Sheerto. So I probably go Dicky. Oh, but Dicky and Gork is quite a slow centre back pairing, isn't it? So that's you're going to rely on Walker to cover them a lot. I think. <laughs> you go Dicky, did you say Jack? Yeah, I'm going to go Dicky yeah. from a ball playing point of view. Yeah. Yeah, and in goal, in goal, I'll go Paddy Kenny. I made my bed, didn't I, with the clean sheets? Yeah. So, no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> hey. I'm saying with Jack, I'll just take out. I'd probably have Balogun in instead of Dicky. I think just this is so impressive for me. Even last, what, 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 what it's been five games, three team sheets, is it? Jack, something like that. Um, well, these start. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? He's four starts. The three four starts. starts the three starts he's had with Jimmy Dunn, we've not conceded and we're unbeaten. The other start was it was Clark Salter, and obviously Clark Salter came off. It was two one Bristol City. So I don't know if Balogun and Jimmy Dunn is the secret partnership or not, but they haven't conceded, so it's hard to change. So they're both both proper defenders like Balogun and Clint Hill. Look. I've I've gambled there though, haven't I? I've also I've gone Clark Salter, but I've, I just think there's a player there. But I'm you know he could prove me wrong this season, but you know the other players have proven so. Don't let me down. Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we United dead. Yeah. Oh, what a win. Um, you know, the lads dug in. I did I thought Sheffield United were okay. Like they, they were good, like bits and spells, but I don't think they were great. Second half, I don't think I expected them to step it up a lot more than they did. Um I don't know, I thought we defended excellent. Um but look, just a great doggish performance, one 0 win, snatch it. A uh, bit bittersweet with Willock and Diang, but 
I suppose you've got to enjoy, haven't you? Um, was it, and that penalty, I thought it was a penalty at the end. Mm. I've watched it back a couple of times and, and Andre, because um, I saw that he wanted to come off. He was signalling to come off Dizel um, with sort of 10 minutes to go, but we couldn't because we had no more subs to bring on. Um, so we dug in there. So oh, that would have been... Um... Brad, what are your views, mate? Uh, shame. I echo that a lot, mate, to be honest. But I, we were brilliant. Well, first 10 minutes, the second half. I think first half we were... You know, we didn't really show up as such, but Bill come out and said that he, you know, they had a big talk in the in the team talk at half time. And obviously that showed when they come out and it was great for Willock to get on the score sheet again. Obviously every QPR fan now will be gutted about Willock because he is our best, him and Chair, to be honest. But yeah, I, I agree with you with Sheffield United, you know, that, they pressed towards the end, but there's nothing to write home about. They, you know, they didn't really dominate. I wouldn't have said, um, but they did in possession. They did dominate us, but you know, possession was possession. One nil, one goal, one nil. Held it out, and I like what Bill said in his interview that we had to keep the togetherness in, in you know, the last 15 minutes, and that team there showed that, and they showed, you know, they held on with all the pressure coming. So, yeah, you know. Brilliant, isn't it? I suppose. Back, what do you think, mate? Well, yeah, Brad's right there. Sheffield United had sixty-five percent possession, QPR thirty-five. So it was very much like keep, you know, keep quite deep and try and hit them on the counter. And we looked quite, quite successful at that. I thought when we when we did get it going. But you know, it was our first midweek away win in Yorkshire since April twenty eleven. So yes. over eleven years, uh, we won at Barnsley under Neil Warnock, one yeah. nil. In the promotion season, can anyone remember the goal scorer in that one 0 win at Barnsley? Trapped within like the first two, three yeah, minutes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, well done, done. Oh, do you know why um, I remember that? Because I'm sure when we spoke to somebody, they said that he only turned up like the day before for that game, didn't he? Trapped. And like right. literally, yeah. I think he yeah. played like an hour, but like got the goal. There's definitely some backstory behind that. I think Warnock might have yeah. before. And you know, also excluding you know the first couple of games of the season, it's the First time QPR have won away at the league leaders since November 2006. And that was against Cardiff in November. And Ray Jones scored a winner, 1-0. Wow. Wow. So it's quite rare that QPR do something like that away from home. And, uh, you know, again, uh, to you know, back up what you're saying about the defence and everything looking solid, three clean sheets in the last four games. It's one more than in the last 28 combined. So it's you know it's looking really really good in that you know organizational point of view it's a great result um Sheffield United the you know the, the amount of players they've got they had like Brewster on the bench 20 odd million they paid for him not done much for him at Burnie didn't do much thought we you know they looked good in possession Norwood looked quite good but again I feel like Dieng made that really good save in the second half didn't he after he picked up his injury the diving across it was like a long range shot but I didn't feel that troubled by them, I thought we got a lot of blocks in. Just defended really well. Um, like I said, mate, they um, when, when the game's in front of us with that back four and field in front, and even Johansson is sort of floating around, Amos floating around, breaking up play. It's going to take something special, isn't it? Really, you know, they, I thought the only way they were going to score was from uh, something falling outside the box and someone pinging it in. From that was the only because I think balls in the box. I think we've, Bristol City started doing it in the second half, and we were absolutely fine with it. They just started pinging balls in left, right, and centre. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good day when Chris Willock scores for QPR. You know, he's scored in 16 different games for QPR now, and we've never lost when he's scored um, since 1920-21. 
so 100 years ago or so, there's only Wayne Faraday has scored, well, 22 games Wayne Faraday scored in and Billy McEwen scored in 18 games without losing. They're the only ones that have scored in more games without losing for QPR than Chris Willock's 16 games. So it's a bit of a weird lucky charm. So I hope that doesn't bode badly for, for tomorrow. Oh, no. Someone else can step up. But eventually when Willock scores, we haven't lost yet. So I hope he's back soon. Concerned well, about his injury, Doug Willock. I'm concerned how much we're going to miss him because I think a hamstring injury is the, one of the worst possible injuries you can get. Um, <clears throat> like obviously, like we're going to miss him. That, that's a given. But like I said a bit earlier, like I feel like it gives Bill now the option to tweak the formation, try something different. But like you, you just can't replace him. Like Ilias has got to step up, but like he has been all season. And actually, the one person who has to step up now is Dykes. He's going to be the, coming into the team. He's going to have to. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At least try and get us some goals. He's going to have to pretend he's playing for Scotland. I'm sure... Oh, he's gone there, isn't he? But I'm sure... <laughs> well, to be honest, I think one person, he's, he's starting to slowly step up, but it's Roberts, you know? Yeah, he had an absolute bear of a first half, didn't he? Yeah, he was quiet, wasn't he? He, he, he had a bit of a May. He was better in the second half, but, um, but yeah, I agree, Brad. Roberts needs to step up, you know, because it's going to be. You'd imagine that Dykes would come in and Roberts would go over to Willicks. To Willicks, yeah. Well, see, Dykes has a bit of history with Reading, you know, three goals in three games against Reading in the league. When he went on that crazy run without scoring 21 games, he ended it away at Reading. Obviously, he got two goals against Reading earlier this year. So, Maybe, you know, he finds a bit of form against them at the right time. But one goal in his last 24 games for QPR currently. Not what we need from our number nine. But hopefully he can turn that around. I was, Matt, watching the Sheffield United game, obviously I couldn't go at working out. But watching it, yeah, I thought the first half, you know, at halftime, I sat there thinking, this game's crying out for Dykes. It's, it's crying out for Dykes, you know. We need Dykes on that pitch. Because, we, you know, we were playing good foot, you know, football on the floor. But... We were going in the air as well, and there's no one up there if you want to play that sort of football. And you have to have Dykes on the pitch if you're going to play that sort of football. So I thought that was screaming out for Dykes, but obviously we, we won, we got the three points. So I don't know if you heard um, Higginbottom, the Sheffield United manager, he said that we changed our game plan and we did that on purpose. He thinks that we did. We started to do that because Chair and Willick, there was pockets of space in that behind that Sheffield United midfield. And he was trying to get the knockdowns. It doesn't matter if Roberts had won it or if whoever had won it. It's just that second ball, wherever it falls, they were hoping that Willick and Chair could pick them up and pick them up and do whatever they do with it. So, so yeah, I, I, 
does that make do you understand what I mean? Like they were just they were knocking it up. Dunk, you're looking at me like I'm talking rubbish. <laughs> no, no, I'm listening, mate. I'm listening intently. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. Like. It's just difficult, isn't it? Because, like, Dykes don't win anything in the air anyway, does he, really? But if he's getting the knockdowns or not winning that first ball, we are getting the second ball and there are spaces, that's perfect for even, say, now Roberts in a chair. So is that something we can use? I feel like our away record this season, like we're top of the league on away form. Because mm. I think it suits our style of play with Willock, with Roberts, with Chair as a counter-attacking team. Bigger so bigger yeah, now bit. now we've not got them. Like well, we've not got Willock. We've got Dykes. We're gonna have to be a bit more less counter attacking, a bit more patient build up because he hasn't got the mobility of a Willock. So that those little pockets of, of like second balls are gonna be more crucial. Mm. I mean, I think, he, oh, he even had that chance, didn't he? At Sheffield United when when he came on, he had that chance to bury it. Again, oh, you know, I can't believe it. It was more Roberts, wasn't it? Yeah, but he oh, should yeah. have finished that. But oh. you know what I mean. But yeah, he just needs. I don't, how how many weeks can we keep saying it? He just needs a goal. <laughs> We're but, saying about six months. <laughs> but you no, you're right. It, it, actually, I've been encouraged from his recent substitute appearances because I feel like he is winning a little bit more in the air. If he's not winning it in the air, he's disrupting the centre back. And as you know, you, you alluded to, he's kind of it creates a bit of panicking the other team's defence because Chair and Willock might be able to pick the ball up in those little pockets, as you said. But I do feel like he's the he must feel it on his shoulders. You know, everyone is going to go crazy when he scores finally, and he will. But it, it will happen. It's just he really needs one to go off his proverbial backside, doesn't he, from like a yard out, you know, just something just to get him going. Um, but no, I've been impre- I think he's played quite well coming off the bench, and Bill's alluded to that as well. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Was it three three games in in a week? The last time we won three wins, or we picked up three wins in space of a week, was in October 2018 under Steve McLaren. We won. We beat Ipswich on the Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday on the Tuesday, and then Villa at home on a Friday night. And that was when that was, well, it peaked under McLaren, I think then, and uh, <laughs> it all fell to pieces not long after. So, yeah, it's, it'd be a, an amazing achievement for QPR. You know where they're at now to win those three games in such oh, short succession. Tough. Oh, get ahead of yourself, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's happened so often with us, doesn't it? But it's just so difficult when you look at the squad of the team. But uh, you know, injuries Bill, already coming. Bill just needs to sit down, doesn't he? And and show and show Dykes clips and clips of Halland. Just let him watch Halland. <laughs> just say no, this you hour you're watching Halland, mate. <laughs> like, eight 0 win on Friday, we go top of the table. So. Quite a swing, yeah. But you can almost you can almost guarantee it. Hendrick's going to have the game of his life. Well, well no, you know we've got to remember Joe Lumley's in goal for him, so it's a pretty one nil to us. He gave us that goal last time, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's going to have the game of his life now, isn't he? Because apparently, he's bar that game against Rotherham where he chucked a couple in his net, he's been pretty good. Really, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. Then. yeah. Well, um, obviously, so, um, like, also I say, Jack obviously just touched on the fact that obviously uh, the run was against Ipswich. Um, did anyone else see where our um, striker was midweek? I was about to say. Rather, yeah. rather than being with the team, he was at Ipswich, watching Ipswich. Like, no, what, what is going on with the situation with Bond? What is literally, like, 
I just don't understand. Is he injured? Well, is that why he's been able to go to the game? What What is it? Like... He, played, he played a under-23s or under-21 game recently, didn't he? So he's not injured. He's just obviously not getting in the squad and there's something going on behind the scenes. Clearly. He was really poor in that game, Jack. I watched a little bit of it. Um, right. and he was. Um, but I also heard someone there saying he didn't, you know, not that he didn't look interested, but he, he certainly didn't look... Is he back on the Jaffa cakes? Sharp or, any, you know, busted a gut to sort of which... Suggests that he's like, you know, it's harsh to say we don't know, but you know, sulking or something. Bill said in his, it's like Brad said in his conference earlier that he's had a word with a couple and said, look, if you want to be in this team, you need to step it up and train it. And I wonder whether maybe it was possibly him because there might be an opportunity for him to step up. Um, of course, the bench. Course, you know, be on the bench now. Willock's gone. Armstrong's injured, isn't he? There's a great chance for him. Obviously. Like, I know we're talking about Dykes and I, I probably am giving him a bit of a hard time because he does different jobs on the pitch. But at the end of the day, he's a striker. He's paid to score goals. And that's what we want to see as a fan. But there's a, there's definitely a chance for Bond to come in now with Willock out. But like everyone's saying, there's, there's stuff happening behind the scenes. He, he, doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be in a QPR shirt. So if a player's like that, in, in all God, in my respect, don't play him. I don't want him in the team. You know, you don't want someone like that putting the jersey on on a Saturday. They don't want to be there. You don't know, do we? We don't know whether he's just... But, but you know, Bill just doesn't fancy him, you know, and just doesn't want, you know, but needs him because if we get an injury crisis, then... Um... Sinclair's got a knock as well, hasn't he? That's what I mean. We're already... Is, what's, is there much said on that? Because he's, he's a very good option off the bench, even if he is raw. It scares defenders, but... And he obviously did quite well, didn't he? Five goals in two... No reserve games, so it's a shame you got a knock. Yeah, this probably leads on to my next. Right, this is why you know I said it to you, Ben, on, on the other week. We've we've obviously got a squad there, and we all know we've got a good squad there, right? But does it come down to, you know, the physio team or how many games a week we're playing for how hard it is to keep this team fit? Do, do you know where I'm coming from? I mean, or have we just bought players that are? ticking time bombs and they are injury prone and it, it's just, it could just happen or do you think behind the scenes you know are we is there something going on because the amount of injuries we're getting is just just baffles me to be honest but I don't know what your thoughts are about it. Um, I don't necessarily think it's isolated to us though I think a lot of clubs are having the same problem it's like the word I feel like you've got to remember since pretty much since COVID there's been relentless of games like yeah, exactly. A lot of it, a lot of the season, it's been two games, three games a week. So, players like as much as we like, oh, it's only ninety minutes a week or whatever, or ninety minutes every a couple of days. Like it must be taking an effect on them. They're not having training sessions, so they're not having necessarily that rest and recovery time in the gym. So maybe that's why they're getting more muscular, niggly injuries. Or does it come down to though that we've bought players that that are injury prone? You know, we've bought, we've got Richards. He, you know, he's, he hasn't even played a game for us. He's, do you know what I mean? And Robert struggled previously. Yeah, like we've do you said know what before, I mean? haven't we? Like that's the that's the market we're buying in. Exactly. We haven't got we haven't got money to go out and buy a, a player for five five six seven million who's not exactly. In but that's my point. I'm saying that we've got a team there that's obviously a bit of a ticking time bomb. Or are we? Is you know the, these intensive games? You know, three and six. Is it is it killing them? You know, because oh. we get. You know I think it's, I mean? the, same with, I think it's the same with every club, every team in the championship though this year. I don't think any team is going to keep all their players fit the whole season. And for the first the time, between... first time in a while, I feel like midfield-wise and defence-wise, we've got a solid squad. 
it is when we if we were to lose Willock and Chair at the same time, that's then when we will struggle. Well, no, because I think if we, lose, if we were to lose power or lead, then I think I think that what you're saying is right, Doug. But I also think that that's what dictates where teams finish in this league. To know how lucky you are or aren't with injury. Yeah. You look at Luton Huddersfield last year. I thought they had like their whole eleven pretty much fit most of the season. Rarely, you know, solid eleven every week. Like just you know, if you, if you can keep that going, then you, you unless you've got that squad where you can bring in someone who's just as good, which we have in certain positions, but not every position. And that's the point, isn't it? If you get your full-backs in, you're in trouble. You get Willick sharing, you're in trouble. We're all right at centre-back. We're all right at centre-midfield, you know, and striker, I don't think if it's Bond, Dykes, Armstrong, I don't know. At the moment, they're all sort of similar, aren't they? But, but, but you know, looking at that looking at that 11, I, you know, I might be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. But other than chair field, who else, who else could you think can play every single week? You know, do you know what I mean? We've had Johansson who can't keep fit. You've got Dykes who's got Knox. You've got Dickie now, and then you've got Clark Sorter. You've got your Roberts. You know what I mean? You've got your Diang. You've got your Willock. You know, it's a it's a big bunch of players. That do you know what I mean? Luck as well, isn't it? You've got to get luck. A bit of luck, yeah. I think, plays a part in it. Um, a bit of Bill knowing and the, the the staff knowing when's enough enough, isn't it? That's what they're paid for, isn't it? To know how. Close I think so. to the line. I He's think it not showed why Steph didn't come on, didn't it? I think Bill's not as um, religious with the sports science, from what I can tell, as Mark Warburton. Like Bill's yeah. sort of saying, it's part eye test and data, and you sort of make decision decision yeah. based on both. Um, it caught us out, obviously, when we beat Borough and Willett got injured, and Amos got injured again, but we got the win, and you know it got us going, but. Yeah, I, I agree. You don't know what the root causes of some of these muscle injuries. Is you know, you could make all sort of wild theories. What are the new training pitches like? You don't, you don't know what exactly, it's, yeah. it's anything. But you know, the fact that there's been so many hamstrings, so many soft tissue stuff, it's quite unlucky, really. But and as as you said, um, then it, it the, at the end of the season, the teams that had the fewest injuries probably can have Ooh. a better season, aren't they? Um, finish higher up. But if we lost Powell, if we lost Laird especially Powell, I would say, because I think we're incredibly weak behind him at left back. That's that's a, a slight losing Willock up front, isn't it? So mm. I love his tackle at Sheffield United. He just out of nowhere just comes sliding like a nutter. Like you love that sort of stuff, <laughs> don't you? Like oh, just... Dezel, yeah. Dezel looks is it, anyone else noticed Dezel looks a bit more aggressive yeah. in the yeah. I just wanted to make a note about him. There's nothing stats to back it up or anything with that. Just again, eye test. I think he's looking a bit better this year. Maybe he's got fire up in all the new midfielders coming he's in. He's a big lad, isn't he? He's not little. He's a big, like, physical presence. He's not like a little, you know, like he, he, he probably would have thought he, he, or how he plays sometimes. He feels like he's a bit weak and a bit like, but actually, when you see him, he's actually quite, maybe he's been told to. Wanted to come off, didn't he? Sheffield United. Yeah. Yeah. For me, he's got to start above Tim. I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think Tim took his chance against Bristol City. And I think against yeah. Sheffield United, Dizel showed why he should be playing. I think he's got something about him. I think he'll, he'll come good, personally. I think. But I'll think he's out of position as well. 
he doesn't run for me. Don't, he, he has that lazy style of running. It just, well, just irritates me. I call it, he's, 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 the, he's the big tech Pogba, mate, on Championship Pogba. Pogba. I think he's a slow burner. I think he, you know, having not played at this level, it must be a bit of a culture shock like it was for Dazelle last season. You don't have as much time on the ball. Go get used to it. You've got to work a bit harder from, from yeah, what I can see. But he's got a lot of attributes that we don't that's quite different to. Exactly. He's got a lot of attributes that some of our other midfielders don't have. And you think, I want to see a bit more. So maybe as the season progresses, you'll be a, you'll get better and better. It just was really frustrating against Bristol City, like how big he is. He looks like a unit. And like he was just getting out muscled every challenge. Wasn't running enough though. for me. I don't, mate, don't give me that. I'm not having that. What if, you mean? If, if, if he's good enough, he's old enough. Yeah, if, he, if he's Sinclair, he's not. Yeah, but if he's Sinclair, we're giving Sinclair benefits of doubt left, right, and centre. He's missed about five chances. He's obviously a great talent. He's going to be a great player, but we give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but he also he's not been like valued. He's not at a Premier League club in an academy where he's been scouted by supposed loads of teams, mate. Let's keep it real. Look, I, I've got big trust in Bill. I mean, look at the recruitment that's happened so far, and you know everything seems to be working. So let's stay positive on that. On that. How problem. excited are you about Bill? Like. Is it feet on the ground or carried away thinking he's going to get I'm starting to get carried away. So am I a bit like I did with Wolves when we had that massive, great run? And you know what I mean? I generally thought we were going to go up, but it just went peak Tong. So, yeah, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? He's, he's definitely look, doing doing the biz at the minute. Good on his interviews. QPR fans are behind him. So, yeah, it's subs right as well. I've got to say, I've got it written down here. Subs, I think the Sheffield United game, I, I questioned in my head, I don't know if any of you did about when he brought on, um, he went to three at the back and um, brought on a Doma. And, um, and I just thought that the game was fine the way it was. We were doing fine. We didn't need to change it. And I was worried, but it seemed to work really well. Um, we've, we've got that. Well, I was reading on Twitter that, is it Bonner? Obviously, uh, Bonner from Liverpool. I think that's going through or it's gone through now, isn't it? Yeah, that midfielder. I, I think he's young as well. So I don't know whether he's twenty-one. He's not young, is he? It's not a wow. signing for the under twenty-ones, is it? He's a he's he's been around a bit apparently. Again, I've not seen him play, so I can't comment on how good he is or isn't. Um, Beals obviously really likes him. Otherwise, you wouldn't have bought him. In, considering we've got like seven midfield, seven midfielders. Um, Will it replacement? Question mark. <laughs> well, I see, I is, is is he a, is he like an attacking midfielder? Is he a defensive I, midfielder? I, I don't know yeah, a lot about know. him. So my mate at work, uh, Mike Reed, he's a big Liverpool fan. He he, su- he suggests he's like a right side centre mid. You know, sort of in the three. Oh, he plays yeah. on. You know, he's not uh, a number ten. He's not like a you know in a Chris Willock mould. Sadly, but maybe more like a, an Amos or something like that. Mm. I'm worried about Willett, lads. I'm worried. I think he's going to be out until the World Cup. After the World Let, Cup, I don't know why I've got it in my here. head. No, nothing's come out. He's got he's got a scan and stuff. But he said he, he said he's looking. No, nothing's come out. But he said the Yang is looking touch and go for for tomorrow. You know, I, I don't know if he will play him, but he said there's a possibility that he the Yang will still play. Yeah, Yang's like he's a keeper, isn't he? It's the, the kicking that's an issue. But if you can sort of get you. Know, if you get your fullback, your centre backs in, and you can just pass it to him, and he can play out. I wouldn't even risk it. To be honest, I'll just play Archer for one game. I know it's no one wants to see that, but we can't afford him having a long term injury. No, I mean, I do agree though with you, Brad. Like, it, it does kind of seem like the game, too. If we're going to rotate him, like, he's got a little knock. I know. Like Reading are a good de- are playing well this year. So, but like Archer did all right when he came in last year. Could be a fair shout. The defence is looking solid, so 
he might not be tested as much as he was would have been. I mean, a couple of bits on Reading that I've sort of picked out. They're one of only two sides yet to score in open play away from home in the championship this season. They're quite reliant on set pieces. Yeah, don't, don't don't say this, Jack. <laughs> so you know they they are they're more of a threat from the corners and free kicks. And who's the better keeper coming for crosses, stuff like Sally. that. Yeah, Easy. so I don't know if that's going to play into it, and he's really careful with the passing. But, yeah, but I suppose we've looking as well, though, boys. We've we've got Luton away next, and they, they they've been unbeaten in four, a bit like us. That you know, they've drawn two and and won two. So we is it is it a gamble you take playing Dieng at Reading at home? At, we've we've do you know what I mean? We've got two tough games. Well, every game's a tough game in the championship, but Luton away is always a bit tough in it. Reading on Friday, 
Um, we've only just drawn our first game, but I reckon it's it's going to be similar. I reckon it's going to be stodgy. We, we'll, we'll be lucky to come away from your place with a point, but knowing Paul Lintz, he's just going to be pragmatic and try and grind out an ugly result, which is something which we've started to do this season that's been lacking in previous seasons. You know, we've not been nasty enough. Um, we've brought in a load of big men over the summer. You know, we've had to recruit on a bit of a shoestring budget, lots of loan signings, lots of players on free, but they're all, all quite tall. They're all over six foot. And um, the likes of Mamadou Loom and, and Andy Carroll, all just big, strong, hard bastards. So expect a bit of rough and tumble from our lads on Friday. I'm going to predict a one-all draw. That'll be our second one-all draw in a row, but a point that I think both sides be pretty happy with in in the fight in our unexpected fight for a, a playoff position so best of luck uh come on you ours and uh see you guys at loftus road on friday right lads reading preview what reading i'll tell you what i looked at the team the other day I could, and, and i thought it's not actually that bad on paper you know like i think like uh, carol and jow up front and there's Hoylet and it's right in behind like i know i know what you're thinking like but that's going to cause any team problems right um, like five years ago, maybe. <laughs> that's what Obviously that's not. what it screams, doesn't it? That's what it screams. It's like it's just like their kind of like final like um song. Like they're just literally this is the last chance to loom for these players. Like Hoylet's what? How long? Hoylet must be like nearly forty now, surely. Thirty. Like he's, 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 he seems to have been around forever. Thirty-three. Like, thirty-three. Carol's thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, that's mad. They've got uh, a lot of over 30s. They've got Shane Long, Andy Carroll, Sam Hutchinson, Hoylet, Tom Ince, Jeff Hendrick, um, oh, you know, a backup keeper. They, they've got a real strange mixture of players, a lot of like journeymen and people that so, good five years ago. But by all accounts, they're, they're clubbing together quite well. Um, which ex-QPR player in the current Reading team is going to score the winner tomorrow night? Lumley. Yeah. Lumley. <laughs> Um, and then he's going to do like oh. take his shirt off and do running around the pitch. And just, uh, oh, God. He loves a bit of shit house, really, doesn't he? So, you know, start dancing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think oh. go either way. Sky in it Friday night. It's going to be a full out, pretty much, I saw. Um, not many tickets left, which is good. Um, what, what was you saying, Ben? A lot of um, Yankee fans or something. Uh, well, I heard that quite a lot of NFL fans are going because the NFL is, um, is on Sunday and a lot of them stay at the West, in West London because it's cheaper and it's close enough. Um, so a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, that's the rumour. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. So if you're watching this and that's the case, then let us know. I think I'm going to just kick off with my prediction. I'm going to go... 2-1, Dykes to score the winner. Thank right. you. I'll go next. I reckon it's going to be a close game, but I reckon we're going to get another clean sheet and I'm going to go 1-0 win. I think it's going to be a tight game, but we'll sneak it. Yeah, so I mean, I just wanted to make a little um, comment on chair, you know, captain last week, oh, well, in midweek. And uh, that had a, um, chat quickly, that had a bit of a, a thing about it, didn't it? A bit of a, t- like, he, he, him being captain, like, he obviously, he's not the next in line to be captain, is he? Like, he's not, you'd have thought, like, on the field on the pitch, like, done, Dieng, like, I would have thought these players would have been ahead of him. Do you think it was a bit of a ploy by Beal to give him a bit more? Yeah, not in the Warnock to Rapt 
there's definitely a bit to it i agree and you know on to wraps chair if he plays 164th appearance QPR, which would be the same total as the Delta app made for QPR. So he's he's jumped up. He's surpassing Ali Fallin on one six three. So he's up there. You know, some really like you know stoic names for QPR. Historic he's been brilliant. Names. I love um, him. And it's nice to see him step up a bit this year because he need, he needed to go up a gear. We all said that at the start of the season, and you know he's been you know. I think Willick has helped him, hasn't it? Them together. Okay. Willick has helped him. Them together, just they're, they're fantastic to watch, and you know. I just hope for Chair's sake, you know, he can prove to, because that's the only doubt, isn't it? Now people make that comment that you can't do it without Willock. And I'd love to see him take a game with a scruff of his neck and just own it. So I hope he does that tomorrow. Reading, they like to sit deep. Um, they they let people pass the ball in front of them and they try and, you know, go quite direct. So it'd be a challenge for QPR to break them down. Um, but I think, I agree, I think it'll be 1-0 QPR, another clean sheet. Here comes Ben with 5-0 Reading. <laughs> no, I know. Every time I'm optimistic, we always lose. Like, ugh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to go to all. I think it's going to be like one of those games, a lot of goals. Like Bill said, a lot of goals. I, I think both tied teams. Um, I think they're going to go two-two. Hopefully, Dyke will score. I hope he scores. Um, right, lads. I think we'll leave it there. Let's hope we can get a, another win, join top of the league, um, and go into the weekend on a high. Um, thanks for joining and um, yeah, everyone listening, keep listening and we'll be back next week. Cheers, Yours. boys. Cheers, lads. Yours. Yours. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.